Welcome to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Dan Hill. And I'm Jenny Hill. Let's get started. Episode 6, Jane Mutiny. Air date October 9th, 1995. I don't get it. (laughs) I don't either. Is this something like a reference we're supposed to get in pop culture? Was there some kind of like mutiny movie that came out? I know that that I've definitely fallen victim to that before where I think that the title is so stupid, but it's just totally gone over my head yeah a a mutiny is when a group of people are like no like rally against somebody we're not gonna take it well there's like one person that does that i guess uh, yeah one person but is a one person mutiny let's get into it all right we start this episode off at the loony bin Peter brings in this ugly ass gift. <laughs> you mean the present itself? Like the, how it's wrapped? Oh, everything you about did it. not appreciate it? If you are one of these people who like wraps the under box <laughs> and then wraps the over box. I know what you're talking Okay, like you take a shirt box and you actually wrap the the actual box. So if you were to take the, the lid off, the actual the lid, lid is wrapped. Is wrapped. Then and the underbox is wrapped. <laughs> you are a shitty person. Why? It's stupid. I mean, it's time saving. You could take that shirt box, use it again, and no. then you you never yeah. have. You can use it again. This box looks like it was used 50 times. <laughs> but it's environmentally friendly. I don't give a shit. <laughs> They're saving the trees. This is dumb. Okay. It is. Seriously, this box is putrid. Like... If I got this as a gift, I would think that person hated me. Oh, my God, Dan. You are taking this really far. Disgusting gift. Okay, so Smug Peter comes into Kimberly's cell, and he's like, Oh, hi, Kimberly. Happy birthday. And Kimberly, she's like flattered. She's like, oh, my God. I. But it's not my birthday. Figuratively, I mean. It's kind of your birthday. So Kimberly unwraps the gift. <laughs> By just taking the lid off. And between the tissue paper, she brings out a blue floral summer dress. And you can see on her face, she's she's delighted that she's getting a gift, but then it hits her and she says, great, a dress to go nowhere. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. And this dress looks like she has worn it before. There was no tags on it. It, was, it looks like she, like it's... <laughs> She would wear this for sure. So I give him props. It's a nice, I mean, g- thinking of 95, it's like a very nice day dress. Little flow dress. Yeah. Yeah. And then she takes this time to throw some shade at old Michael. And she's like, I'm not used to getting gifts. Michael was 
more of a taker. (laughs) (laughs) So after she tells Peter that this beautiful dress with nowhere to wear it, Peter says, Oh, a contraire. You're actually getting out today. I've talked to the board and it's all arranged. They've granted your release. Why? (laughs) How? Why the fuck did they do that? (laughs) Insane. Just because you know who Henry is doesn't mean you didn't stab a guy in the hand. (laughs) Or doesn't mean that you didn't try to blow up an entire apartment complex with the intent of murdering a half a dozen people and then being successful and causing a heart attack that did result in the demise of at least one. Yeah. Let's tell Mackenzie Hart that you know who Henry is now. Yeah, oh, wait, like, you can't. Oh, we found out the source of your issue, so you're free. Yeah, free to go. But um, she's not entirely free. She, The terms of her quote-unquote release are that she is now the prisoner of Peter, <laughs> and she has, to now, she has to now live with Peter and have daily sessions with Peter. And Peter can only take her to the hospital or to the psych ward. And she does have to wear a monitoring bracelet. On her fucking arm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that these were the days before they would put him on the ankle where they can be a little bit more discreet. What the hell? And I love how Peter explains it to her. He's like, "These are. this is going to be used to track you using phone lines. <laughs> this will use the phones. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Did they, is, was that a thing back then? I don't know. This... <laughs> This whole thing is hella unethical. It's very strange. So does uh, anyone realize like, <laughs> you know how to put a real, a big monkey wrench into this whole plan? Michael Mancini needs to just walk down there and be like, Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah. Do you know that, uh, Peter here, uh, has been fucking Kimberly as well. <laughs> Everyone would be like, Oh really? Oh no, Man, no. I don't know. She can't be released to him. No. Dan, I don't think they would give a shit, okay? <laughs> like, they wouldn't care. I guess. Well, anyway, Kimberly know. is elated that she gets to leave, and she is, she's out of there. Oh, I always, uh, Peter also said when he gives her the dress, he's like, lose the gown. We've seen enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> cool line. Like, no, like, no red flags. Nothing. Anyway, um, we then go to the opening credits and then to a couple establishing shots. And hey, the trash gang's back. And you know, <laughs> we have not seen a trash truck Mm-mm. go by Melrose Place in a very long time. We get our friends, our good old three buds. Neon, Zeon, and Leon. <laughs> And the three neons. And you know, there was a lot of these like motion. Like, I swear the intent of this was to make you motion sickness. It's like, like to, to bring it on. They had like lots of like shots of like driving by and cars that were totally shaky and aerial shots. Yeah. Rollerblades. We saw some rollerblades. Focused on the rollerblades. Yeah. And um, Jane, no, Joe was now swimming laps. We don't get a lot of that. Well, first, Dan, we go to Amanda, who's at Melrose Place with the contractor, and we learn that she hasn't paid them to complete the job, so they're just about done. There's drywall up, but they still need to paint. They still need to put trim up, and he's like, this is as far as I go. 
And Amanda's like, oh, well, I'm good for it. Can't you just continue to do the work and then I'll pay you later? Um, that's not how it works, lady. We can pay as we work or we don't work. Right. So- and then this motherfucker... <laughs> A man is like, well, come on. You're not just going to undo what you've done. You can't really take away what you've already done. This man then rips a piece of the wall off. He re- he rips <laughs> a piece of trim off of a door frame. And he's like, actually, lady, it can be taken apart a lot easier than you think. And so Sydney has kind of overheard this exchange. She's snuck in and she understands that Amanda is not good for finishing this work. And Amanda's baffled that this man just handed her a piece of wood. Like, she's she's like, baffled. Oh. Like, hello, she comes from a cutthroat industry where it's like, of course, you're not going to give an ad campaign to someone who hasn't paid you yet. Right. Well, she's used to hiring Ted Ramsey. Oh, and Chaz. Random <laughs> freaks. Yeah. <laughs> She's not used to like real work. Maybe workers. you're right. And I mean, Billy does work for her too. If this man came to her in the night and was like, hey, can I put some stuff up? She'd be like, you got hands? All right, get in there. Get in there. Here's the keys of the building. You'll work for food and you'll live in my attic. Okay. <laughs> Sound good? Sounds great. So now and then we- a week later, I can't believe you tried to rape me. <laughs> That was insane. That's very Amanda esque. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to Jim swimming. Jim. Jim? Who the fuck is Jim? <laughs> it's Joe and swimming intertwined. <laughs> you better take it from here. <laughs> Joe is swimming laps, and Jake's back to working on his bike next to the pool, which is dangerous. When is he going to learn? I don't know. I mean, the, the grease. The the chemicals could seep into the pool and cause damage to their health. At this point, this is clear insubordination. <laughs> no, Amanda's she, yelled at him about this many times before. Cap, I think when this when we saw this, we were both like, "Ooh, <laughs> he's doing it again." <laughs> Jake is back on the on the sauce. But um, what we gather here is now that. People, people can start getting back to work, get into their apartments yeah. soon. Jane thinks that people are going to be in in the next two weeks or so. So Jane comes out of her apartment. I noticed something here. Like Joe's just pool towel is just on that dirty ass ground. Yeah. Where'd all the pool furniture go? Remember all that stuff? Well, Dan. They, they used to like chill. Well, they are renovating. Sandy would have the big beach chair. They're still renovating. So that's all just gone? Yeah. No, I'm sure it's in storage. Maybe it got damaged by the explosion. At this point, Brooke is coming down from her apartment just as Billy is walking into the Melrose Place courtyard with a big bouquet of red roses. And he's dressed to the nines. Is he? Well, he has a suit jacket on. And a tie and a shirt. Now, Brooke sees her husband walking into the courtyard with this beautiful bouquet. And she exclaims, oh, Billy, you're so sweet. You remembered our two-month anniversary? And, of course, Billy is like, uh, yeah, of course I did. Uh, but these flowers aren't for you. They're actually for Allison. (laughs) Now, of course, you can see that glimmer of jealousy just start, like, coming up into Brooke's eyes. And he's like, 
Look, it's not from me. It's actually from... They were just outside of the gate. I think that the character Brooke would do so much better, and it would be great if she developed an eye twitch. (laughs) So that whenever Billy did something weird, it would like one eye would be like, what? (laughs) They're not for me? Well, her eye would certainly be just twitching like crazy here. She takes the flowers out of Billy's hands and she's looking to see like who could have sent Alice in these flowers. And she realizes these are from Flora Rosa. This is my father's favorite florist. There must be some kind of a mistake. I mean, if there are flowers here from that florist, they're definitely for me. Now, I don't know how like rich billionaires do it. I, I'd like to think I know a lot about my dad. Jenny, I think you know a lot about your dad, right? I do. I don't believe I know my father's favorite florist. Do you? Well, I won't say that my dad was the type that would send me flowers on a regular basis, but maybe that's something that Haley did for his little girl. Maybe. Maybe she got flowers very frequently from her daddy. Every time he watched her have sex on the porch. Oh, God, don't even go there. Here's some flowers from Johnny's. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny's flowers. So Allison emerges from her apartment and Brooke wants to get all up in her face about why the heck these flowers are from her father to Allison. And Allison is like, "Uh uh-uh. Yeah, so she says, "Um, Allison, I bet you wouldn't mind telling me why my father would be sending you flowers. And Allison says, Actually, Brooke, I would. And she just walks away. She immediately picks up. She's like, oh, cool. You hate this? Great. See ya. Yeah. I'm not telling. It's probably kind of fucked up. But whatevs. But the most important thing here is that we have a timestamp of... Oh, that's right. ...of the explosion. Two months. We're always wondering, like, when did this happen? So, guys, Brooke and Billy only married for two months. Um, more importantly, Kimberly and freaking Mackenzie Hart died only two months ago. <laughs> and what's his name? Richard is like, marry me now. Come on, marry me. <laughs> it's like insane. I, I, I think it's more insane that uh, this whole fiasco with Mirror Buddy in the psych ward has only been two months. That's it. That is it. So... Next scene, Matt storms into the Gay Rights Coalition because Hobbs is now countersuing Matt for defamation of character. And uh, Tom, Matt's sort of liaison here, mm-hmm. is he he's not he's not like flustered by this at all. Right. He's just like like it's old hat, like, well, that's bound to happen. I mean, he's just trying to scare you. Yeah. But it's just the same thing with Matt. Same note. It's all legal babble, and it's him storming into places like, what's happening? <laughs> and you know what? The, the, different, the difference in this situation is that Matt does not want to be the poster child any longer yeah. for going to fight for what's right for the gay community. He's like, I'm tired of being the defendant. And, and then- look... He, guys, he just got off of being tried for murder. Yeah. 
I can understand that sentiment. I can understand you not wanting to have to face a courtroom again when you have been like your life was literally hanging in the balance. You should take a vacation. Like, peace out. Yeah. But, you know, Tom is He went right back to work. I know. Like, (laughs) as we do know, he got fired immediately. Like, Paul's body probably isn't even fully decomposed. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) and matt's back at work in another court case um so he's tired uh tom explains to matt tom finally understands like okay well fine we won't drag out the case you know what we're gonna do we're gonna nail him in the deposition he's not gonna be expecting that he's gonna think we're gonna want to keep the stuff close to the vest the bad stuff the stuff that's gonna get him but we're going guns we're, blazing yeah we're going to the deposition we're gonna get him yeah now let's go to D. we're at an employee meeting and Allison is basically killing it at work. Right. So she's giving a little status report to Amanda and the rest of her colleagues. And she's like, well, I renewed the contract with Lindy Toys, so that's going good. And Amanda, would you like me to attend the reception at KBJ Radio? Uh, Take know, that off your hands. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And, um, you know, and she lists a, a whole litany of other things that she's done, but Point is, she's been Crushing. doing a lot. She's doing a great job. And you can tell Amanda's pretty pleased with her performance. Yeah. She's like, wow, that being blind thing really worked out, huh? So now Amanda goes over to Brooke, who's present at this meeting as well. And she says, well, Brooke, um, the vice president of D&D, where do you stand? What's going on in your corner of the office? <laughs> Brooke says, well, I've... Uh, uh, I've made some cold calls, and some of those leads are are good. And Amanda is like, okay, Brooke, to keep a plum office, you need to land a pretty plum account. So you got to give me a little bit more than doing some cold calls, baby. She's like, oh, yeah, and we got the Armstrong account. <laughs> yeah, you know, Armstrong, I'm definitely bringing them in. Now, to this, there's like an audible gasp (gasps) in the room. Armstrong? Well, don't Armstrong have their own ad agency inside of their company? And Brooke is like, yeah, well, they did, but they're looking for a change. Now, Amanda even says... She's just talking out of her ass. Yeah, of course. This is very apparent. Amanda even says that she's not a fan of nepotism, but if she can deliver on this huge account, then... There could be some room for keeping that office. Mm-hmm. And my question is, Brooke, Brooke now has nothing on Amanda. Nothing. So, like, everybody knows that Jack is on, is like after her. So why does Amanda keep the charade well, going? Well, Dan, because it would be look very strange if Amanda, well. Amanda would run in there and be like, Get the fuck out of this <laughs> I office. Mean, I was just about to say it would look strange if Amanda gave a promotion to someone and two days later took it away. But then my brain just kind of like backtracked for and I was like, she does that on like a Tuesday. I'd expect Amanda to go up in there and be like, flip everything upside down. Work like that for a fucking week, you bitch. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, just fire, fire her. Fire her. You know, you bring up a great point because if Jake has 
Jake, I'm sorry, Jack, if he's come to light as like, hey, there's nothing Brooke has. And would you keep someone on staff that given the opportunity, they would blackmail you and take the deepest, darkest secret that you have and use it against you? Hell no. I mean, that's bizarre. And force another team member to like get demoted but you're paying her the same salary. No, it's just it's it's strange. I'd be like, you're That's done a great, here. I'd be like, get out of my face. I hate you. You're you'll never work in this town again. Yeah. Now I'm like running to LAX to like get fly away from this person. I think is trying to kill me. What are well, you nuts? Maybe if she brings in the Armstrong account, it, it will all be squashed. Maybe. So let's go to Hartman Cena Designs. Richard is delivering Joe a show of gratitude for putting in a good word with Jane on his behalf. Joe, I owe you. You risked your friendship with Jane, and now I could take you out to dinner. I could get you a gold bobble. Whatever you want. <laughs> Cowabunga. You risked your friendship for me, Jane. For me, Jew. <laughs> uh, Richard's planning the engagement party already. And um, did you catch this little? Yes. The little yeah. sketches. Like he had men's sketches like tucked under his arm. And Joe was like, whoa, those are amazing. And they were like renderings for some like men's fashion wear. Looked like a coloring book. <laughs> it did not look very impressive to me. All the designs are weird. Like Jane... <laughs> Jane draws like elongated who's from Hoover. Well, that's that is like how the that's kind of typical of And his are like coloring books. <laughs> like Batman. I have Batman coloring books where there's a lot of like businessman in Gotham. It was like that. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's just like, like pinstripe. The, the fit like okay, what's the Batman animated series that you have upstairs that Moxie loves and it's got that like nineteen thirties yeah. kind of a feel? Batman the animated series. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. So that's gonna come to light at some point. Richard's secret male he does his own line yeah and one thing that joe does say is like you know being engaged doesn't mean that you have to rush into anything richard and he's like well too late for that we're already planning the engagement party (laughs) (laughs) so jane enters and richard leaves and joe comments that he seems very happy and everybody seems to be going well and and Jane is like, yeah, well, he is happy. I mean, we're moving forward with the engagement. Now, Joe is doesn't w- seem like she wants to hear this. She's like, well, um, what about do, what about what you told me? You said you didn't love him. The love will come. Like we're we're happy. We're doing this. He and, gets me. Yeah, and you know what? Leave it at that, Joe. Leave it at that. But we'll find she can't leave it at that. No, she can't. And she did it. Without her, they wouldn't be where they're and at. She even says, well, I mean, I'm just wondering, what does Richard get out of it? Um, he gets a beautiful fiance that the, he loves. He gets me. I don't know. It's, it's stupid. It's just, the, I don't. She could, she could have told Ri- Richard, oh, yeah, I did. I put in a good word. He can't ask Joe. I mean, 
Jane. He can't be like, hey, Jane, did you hear anything cool from Joe? <laughs> it's just... It might have been about me. He can't ask that. She could have just been like, yeah, I told her. But no, she she's done all of this. It's weird. We're at D&D now, and Jack and Amanda and their attorneys are, are meeting in Amanda's office. And uh, what I got from this scene was that there was a sizable payout for Amanda's faked death. By the insurance company. Yeah. Which could be looked at as insurance fraud. Yeah, since she's alive, that's definitely insurance fraud. And Amanda's uh, resolution is... Oh, Jack, can you just like make that go away? Just well, Jack that. says, I've got friends in the insurance agency, so I might be able to put in a good word or perhaps even see if we can make the payments back over a, a period of time. And she's like, great. Cool. Well, let's do it. I don't want anything else from you, Jack. I just want to be divorced from you. That's all I want. So Jack and his attorneys leave. Now, as they're getting into the elevator, Jack's attorney is like, you want to tell me what's going on, Jack? I know for a fact you don't want a divorce from Amanda. And he's like, just do what I say and shut the fuck up. Yeah, I pay you enough to just be silent and do what I want. So now we know that Jack doesn't really want a divorce. Ooh. And I, the, I, the soapiest shit happens right at this moment that I can't stand in, mo- in shows is when you know for a fact that th- that is not an elevator door and it's two people just shutting it. Why is it, does that I make you mad? I hate it because the door, they cannot get that fluid motion right. And sometimes it looks like the door is like, wobbling shut <laughs> so, so like it's like a more like a closet's being shut on you not electronic like uh door motion and closed but it, it like shakes a little bit i did not know that, oh, that pisses me off you that makes me so mad okay noted i was furious <laughs> now we go to a real hot scene real emotional scene <laughs> We, it's the deposition <laughs> of Matt Fielding versus Dr. Calvin Hobbs. And man, Tom is giving it to him hard. Oh, dude. He is like on Hobbs' ass. He's yelling at him, dude. Yeah. I think you do a pretty good impression. He starts, he starts really hulking out. He like sits on the table and he's like, hmm, does it make you uncomfortable that I'm gay? <laughs> And I'm in a position of power. <laughs> and Hobbs is like, no, I've fired gay people before. And he's like, you hate it, don't you? Well, I'm gay and you hate it. <laughs> and of course, this somehow like incites Calvin Hobbs to like yeah. go on this tirade about how much he hates gay people. His lawyer's like, no, Hobbs. <laughs> Don't engage. Restrain yourself. Don't say it. And then he just starts slinging f bombs again. <laughs> and he's like, "You're an f. You're you're always gonna be an f." And, uh, and he was like, "What are you if you're not a f?" <laughs> yeah, he's it's like Jesus that's Christ. A lot, a lot of crazy stuff. Now Tom is very pleased with himself and. Does he remind you of like a weird version of John Travolta? Who? Tom. No. Look at his face. I have. I feel like 
There's like, nothing about him. He could be John Travolta's little brother. Like, kid brother, Tom. I don't see it. I see it so bad. Like, every time he talks, I just feel like it's like face off or like Saturday Night Fever. Hmm. So, okay. <laughs> the lawyer of Hobbs, like, is just grabs Hobbs and is like, okay, um, we, we're going to need to talk about this. We will get back to you. We must leave immediately. Matt is just sitting there emotionless, and you can hear him mumble, this is so sad. Yeah. And Tom's like, why? We just won. Did you see me out there? <laughs> I killed it. Did you see how good I was? I made him call me an F-bomb. Yeah, but nothing that just happened today is going to make him hate me any less. Which, okay, Matt does have a point. I mean, nothing that you can say to a bigoted person that has prejudices just because someone is gay, like, they're not going to be swayed. But what, you want to... What, you want him to learn a lesson? Yes. It's like, no, man. I think Matt really wants to to change people. He will change. He will definitely change. He will never use the F-bomb. But it doesn't matter because I think that in the the deep darkness of his heart, he'll always have that hatred. Great. He will never use that F-bomb at work again. But... He'll probably still hate gay people. <laughs> well. But that changes him. Yeah, that's true. He'll be like, I lost a lot of money to those Fs. <laughs> and I'm never saying it again. <laughs> I will never say it in public. And I'm like, great. Fine. Some people, that that is the lesson enough. You say that type of shit, you get your pockets hurt. Dunskies. You can't right? change everyone. No, you can't. Uh, where are we at now? D&D? Yeah. We're at Brooke's office, and she's called Allison in because she needs to talk to her about daddy. Oh, this is not a good look for her. She is such like a little worry wart, like trying to figure it out what's going on with with her daddy and Allison. Well, she talks to her, and she kind of jumps this conversation off by saying, I talk to my daddy, and whenever he's sleeping with a new woman, he never tells me about it. Which I'm like, why would he, Brooke? Yeah. That's gross. Why would you want to know the deets of your dad's sex life? Hey, Brooke, so I'm, I'm, I'm banging this new girl, all right? I'm not going to be able to watch you. So. <laughs> On the porch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going mi- to miss tonight's uh, showing. Ew. So I got a girl of my own. <laughs> So Brooke says, so if you're going to get involved with daddy, we should probably bury the hatchet. No. Now, I love Allison's response to this. She says, well, you're going to have to pull it out of my back first before we can do that. Ooh. Ooh. So then Brooke kind of is like, okay, touche. And she's like, well, look, I think because you're getting a little cozy with him, then maybe you can tag team this account for me. I mean, go in there. We can really kind of persuade them to come on to D&D. And this is when Allison really catches wind that they this is not a done deal. All of the promises that Brooke had made in the meeting saying that, hey, Armstrong's coming over to D&D. They need mm-hmm. to change. 
that was all bullshit. And now she is relying on Allison to seal the deal with old daddy poo. It was all bullshit. And then Brooke tries to throw another little wrench in there. And she realizes, okay, I can't get Allison to admit that she's hooking up with my dad, but I can try to get her on my side by saying that, oh, but if I do land the account, Billy will get to be a manager. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that doesn't really... What's that going to do? How's that going to make Allison feel better about helping you? And Allison doesn't go for it. She's like, you don't have it. Well, guess what? Good luck. You're digging your own hole. I'm not going to be party to it. Yeah, have fun. And this is... I like that they're doing this with Allison because it's historically accurate with her character. She did the same thing with um, Jake. Uh, Remember, everyone was like, are you fucking Jake? Are you hooking up with Jake right now? And she was really like uh, tutoring him. Teaching him how to pass the GED test. Right. But she wasn't telling anyone no. She, She likes making people think that she's doing things sexually that she's not. Or she just doesn't like to kiss and tell. Because she like, did uh, kiss Jake. She did end up kissing Jake. And, and she made Sandy jealous, right? Yeah. Yeah, because she was like, he's a good kisser. <laughs> and Sandy was like, bitch. <laughs> get I, away from my Jake. Get away from my Jake. Hi, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> now... Peter rolls into D&D to talk to Amanda. And how does he know? Peter immediately wants to just give her money. Well, because how they put it together is that Amanda thinks that when Sydney overheard her talking to the contractor, she ran back to Michael and Peter because Sydney's uh. a receptionist there. And then is just gossiping as she does. Yeah. And then it got back to Peter that Amanda doesn't have the capital to finish the renovations. So, as we all know, Peter always has a candle burning for Amanda Woodward. Yeah. Even after he tried to end her life. Right. But still would get back to her and get back with her in a heartbeat if he could. So I think that he's making this of just a play of winning her favor back to say... I'll give you the money. I'll take care of it right now. You don't even have to worry about it. Think of it as like, you know, we'll be square. And of course, Amanda's too prideful to even consider this as a viable option. Peter wants her so bad because she was such a great player in the game. (laughs) She knows, she knows the three weaknesses. Quick. What are the three weaknesses? (laughs) She knows them. Well, she knows the rules. He doesn't want to play games with anybody else. You know what? It's funny because you think of that Peter versus the Peter we're seeing this season. Mm -hmm. It's like they're completely different people. Yeah. He was like, like power driven. Like you keep talking business and we're going to have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And now he's just concerned with saving the sister. He could never say. Right. So he rolls in and then he sees Jack in her office and he's like, Who's that? And Amanda says, my husband, goodbye. (laughs) And Jack's like, what? She's married. So he leaves. And then Amanda goes into her office and she says, Jack, I told you we're not to be talking with each other. We're only to be talking through lawyers. 
what are you doing here? And he's relax. like, Brooke, let me in. Yeah, relax. I brought you a box of your stuff. And that's another thing I'd be like, I am going to fire that dumb bitch Brooke. Yeah. Like, if that were even true. He, like, why do you still have this shit? I've been dead for five years. And did you see what was in it? It was like a teddy bear. Yeah, you brought me a fucking <laughs> teddy bear. She like takes it out like, oh, gosh, it has so such sentimental value. He's trying to tickle her like memories of their life together. She clenches this like $3 Hallmark teddy bear. Yeah. It's like, who cares, dude? Do better. Yeah. This is not a good like and memento box. All the while, he's like, well, I didn't go through the lawyers because this doesn't concern them. I just want to make sure that we're all squared away. Hmm. And the thing about this whole storyline is, okay, I get it. We're supposed to think that Jack is this dangerous guy. But what did he actually do? Yeah. Up until this point... Like, what did he do? He's just been walking around D&D. I mean, like... Uh, that's why, what I said in the last episode. I was like, Jack ain't that bad, man. Why is he... But that's what I mean. Like, why is he such a bad person? And if what he did was so egregious, why couldn't she, like, press charges against it? I oh, I Well, we find out later just the extent of his badness. I don't if know. If that's even true. It doesn't jive with me. So... We're going to shooters where it's apparently Green Napkin Day. Oh. Did you notice that? I missed that? that memo. Oh, every napkin in there, bright green. Cool. Maybe that's, uh, maybe it's St. Patty's Day. Maybe. But um, Shelly, she's really not adhering to the dress code at shooters because her shooter shirt is a sports bra. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> her shirts get shorter and shorter. The other the other episodes, it was like just above her belly button. Now this is like like whole stomach exposed. <laughs> yeah. So and no other bartender had ever had to wear that. No, Sydney didn't wear shit like that. The um, the prostitute didn't wear anything like that. <laughs> do you remember that one? She was like, I do. Oh yeah, prostitute Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you seen this watch? <laughs> You seen this watch? Oh, I remember. I got that from fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's not shooters money. (laughs) This fucking money. So you want to come to Thanksgiving? (laughs) (laughs) So Joe is having a couple beers, and she's really down about so down Jane about Jane and Richard. It's really just. Out of here, it's, Joe. It's eating her up. God. <laughs> and then uh, Shelly throws an olive branch. She's like, do you want to talk about it? And Joe turns to her and says, I don't talk to people I barely know. Yeah, it's like, get out of here. She's being such a little jerk. She's being kind of bitchy. She's making an argument yeah, for it. She is. So Joe is pissed. That Jane and Richard are getting married because of her. (laughs) And because they don't love each other. It's like, who is she to be like the love police? Like, let me get my love-o-meter out to see if you even, if the levels of love are enough that I think you should have to get married. I think it's safe to say we all know somebody or some couple in, in lives past or whatever that like, 
maybe we didn't think like they're the best for each other. Dude, but would you be like, don't get married? No. It's stupid. They they look at you, they say they're happy. Great. Great. Okay. Have fun. That sounds good to me. You don't want to be that person who's like, Mm-mm. oh, I object. <laughs> that, that would be so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Don't be Allison. No. No. <laughs> don't come in there with your uh-uh. mom's jeans. Uh-uh. So, no. Jake. Oh. Yeah. Joe's pissed that Jane and Richard are getting married. Jake, he shows up to Shooters and he's like, hey, what's going on, Joe? What's wrong? And Joe explains the entire story to him. And Jake basically says, like, well, you're dumb for deciding to play matchmaker and put in a good word. If that was me, I wouldn't have done that. And in fact, I'd want to know. So you should probably tell them that they don't love each other. Jake says that? Yes. That is horrible. Horrible advice. Well, you don't ask Jake love advice. Oh, my God. He's terrible. Okay, so... Yeah, Jake said that to her. He was like, um, I'd want to know. We leave those meddlers, <laughs> and we go to Peter's house, where Kimberly is preparing a dinner. Peter's gotten in from a swim, nipples exposed, just running around the house. This seems super ethical. Now... I really feel for Kimberly here because, you know, she she really hasn't gotten the message that this relationship between Peter and her are, is like platonic, right? Yeah, so it's Dr. Patient. She is making the dinner and she's well, like... it's Dr. Maid Patient. I know. <laughs> Dr. She, Maid Chef Patient. She's like, when am I going to get to really thank you? Like alluding to the fact that like, what do you want? You want me to like... You want some of this? Yeah. Like, you want to you wanna consummate You want this? some of these cookies? Peter's like, you getting healthy is all the thanks I need. Let's get one thing straight. You staying here isn't about us. It's about you getting better. And Kimberly's like, fuck that I know. Shit. So like, that's got to be so demoralizing for Kimberly to be like, I'm like basically threw myself at this man and mm-hmm. he is rejecting me. And uh, I must stay here because of this thing on my arm. Yeah. She can't go anywhere. <laughs> she could only even she had no choice in the matter. She has to live with Peter. And you did bring up a good point. What if Peter was like abusing her? Yeah. What if he was like raping her on the reg? He's not. But like, what if he, he was might. doing that? And then they're like, yes, you need to live with your doctor. That doesn't sound good. Peter's record is not exactly I, squeaky I clean. Know. He had also attempted murder. That is so weird. So anyway, he goes to shower and then there's a, the doorbell rings and Kimberly goes to answer it. And on the other side, we have Sydney Andrews waiting, and she Sydney. does not expect to see Kimberly on the other side of the door. Sydney is all of us right now, seeing the person that we hate, and she's like, "Who the hell let you out?" <laughs> um, the medical board. Sydney, why don't you come in? I'll fix you a drink, and I'll tell you all about it. Sydney ain't having it. She's like, "You may have fooled those medical dimwits." <laughs> But I know that you're a murdering freak. <laughs> mutant. Oh, I she forgot. She are a murdering mutant freak. <laughs> and then she won't even hand her the package that she has. She just fucking wings it in the door. Oh, okay. 
I, That's some shit I, I would do for bl- sure. I do not blame her. I do not blame her. The last time, kill her. like, she, exactly. Kimberly, didn't she handcuff her to like a laundry room? Kimberly held an open blowtorch flame next to Sydney's <laughs> cheek and lit it and was like, <laughs> while Kimberly was fucking duct taped mouth and bound. Why? And left her for dead. And honestly, if I was Kimber, if I was Sydney, I would go to like whatever powers that be and be like, throw that bitch back, like lock her up. Yeah. She tried to kill me. I'm afraid for my life. Kimberly shouldn't be out. She's, she's, She's under the sole care of a guy who has also been to prison for attempted murder. And he's not even qualified to like be her physician. Absolutely he's not. He's not a psychologist or a psychiatrist at all. Oh, he yeah. Does, he's like, just a surgeon. He's like a surgical doctor. It's just so weird. He's just a surgeon who just got his license back. And now he's taking a stab at psychiatrics it's very strange so he comes out of the shower kimberly's very distraught and her feelings are hurt and i don't get this because she just like turns around and sits down and comes to this realization that people still think she's crazy it's like yeah yeah sure do you tried to murder them yeah you blew up a building and so Peter comes out of a seven-second shower. Yeah. And, and he's like, sits down with her. And he's like, you know, there's people who will doubt you forever. And because you tried to kill everyone. Yeah. And you're just going to have to like not never open the door <laughs> and never answer the phone. Right. You are a ghost. You just exist behind the shadows and the darkness of these walls. The kid was like, you know what? I think I'll never be free. He's like, it's your first day out. I know. Your, it's your first day out. And, and people are shocked to see you. This is normal. I would, I would think. In the progression of a of a murderer. So, of course, the very next episode, we have Sydney spilling her guts to Michael in his office, recounting her harrowing tale of coming face to face with Kimberly, a free woman. And they're talking in hushed tones in his in his office. And of course, Peter is just within earshot. And and I guess this I guess the 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 wrist thing is a is a new technology because she's like she had a weird gadget on her wrist and then michael's like hmm a tracker (laughs) she's like i think it beams her back up to the mothership (laughs) (laughs) and then burns comes in and interrupts them with this odd cough he just walks in he's like here's his throat because he wants to make his presence known and he says that's right kimberly has been released and she's staying at my house and that's it i don't want to hear any more like giggling and any more like like talking about it here here's her file keep it update keep it updated how is that ethical they have access to all of her medical files 
Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. These guys are way too close to this patient to be, like, having access to files or caring for her. I mean, they these are her intended victims. Yeah. It's, and then they they walk to Sydney's desk, and Sydney is on this, like, power waddle <laughs> where she's, like, trucking down. Like, rewatch that scene. It's very strange how she is actively... Strutting, I guess that's the word for it. Um, Michael says that there is no safe way to care for Kimberly. And he was like, Peter, when you go down, don't take this office with you because she's going to fucking do something to you. Yeah, her next trip down Cycle Lane is definitely going to happen, which is true. She's shown time and time again that she always falls back into some psychosis where she does something insane. Yep. Okay. So this isn't going to end well for Peter. We bounce back over to D and D where we're in another staff meeting and Amanda is wanting Brooke to deliver. Does she, or does she not have Armstrong? And lo and behold, Haley shows up to the meeting. Yeah, luckily he knew exactly what the time the meeting was happening and where. So he makes an appearance and he says, Hi, I'm here to talk to someone about becoming your newest client. But I need to work with one of you super closely. Yeah, and it needs to be a very seasoned person. And Brooke's like, I'll do it, Daddy. No, I want Allison Parker. And Amanda is like, that sounds great. Allison knows what she's doing. That'll be great. And then he's like, I'll see you guys later. And then (laughs) (laughs) Brooke Brooke yells, Daddy, wait, let's talk about this. And then she tries to appeal to Amanda by saying, Amanda, don't let them do this to me. And Amanda's like, no, now that you brought my husband back into my life, your blackmailing days are over. Boom. And that's what we said. She's got nothing on her. But Amanda doesn't actually take action. She doesn't do anything. No. So Amanda... The next weird, weird ass scene. Amanda is bringing groceries into her house with Billy. Well, maybe Billy was a sit, like helping her carrying the groceries up from her car or something. Because we were both like, why is Billy in her apartment just like chilling? Billy loves doing stuff for anyone except Brooke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, the apartment looks great that Amanda's in. And the contractor's back mm-hmm. and he just starts resuming work. On everything. She's like, that's weird. They got paid, but I didn't pay him. (laughs) And he says, yeah, well, I got a cashier's check this morning. So here we are. We'll finish up the work. We've been paid in full. So she immediately thinks, okay, it's Peter. Let me call Peter's ass. And uh, so she calls Peter on the on her cordless. Or is that right. Sally? Who's having dinner with Kimberly? So he gets the call, walks away from the table, and she accuses him of paying the contractor. Which she says, "No, I, I didn't. You told me to butt out, and I did. But don't hang up. Don't hang up. Let's have a drink. I need to see you. Give me have a drink." And she's like, "Goodbye, Peter." And she promptly yeah. hangs up on him. Bye, Peter. He tried to kill me. <laughs> Right. I mean, I don't even know how you would even like communicate with this person. Yeah. So then Billy's like, well, who do you you think did it? Who's another person that you know? (laughs) And then she's like, well, it's got to be Jack then. 
He wants to have something on me, and now he does. I owe him something because he paid for for the contractor. Mm. Now we head to the Jane and Richard engagement party. Of the century. Mm. Jane's third potential marriage. (laughs) Yes. In four seasons. Now, Michael and Sydney show up. And Sydney makes a comment to Jane, I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. I mean, how can you plan a wedding without your sister? Dude, I forgot Sydney and Jane were sisters. Really? I really did. <laughs> at that, at, but like right when that was said, I was like, wait, they're si- oh, oh, yeah. They're related. It's like they are sisters. They haven't had a scene together in a while. Since probably the... Chris Marchette kidnapping? The pastrami on rye. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Till she got uh, upended out of um, Mancini Designs. Sure. So... Um, but to that, Jane says, I plan too without you. Right. And yeah, I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, how dare Michael be there? He has zero business being there. Isn't there a restraining order? Do those expire? I, you know, I can't tell you the ins and outs of those, but I think it's a general rule that if you're not on good terms with your ex-wife, don't go to her engagement party. And Michael's eating. I love how they're like Sydney and Michael are palling around like they're this diabolical duo. And why can't they just be a couple? Why? They need to be. They should be. They're perfect for each other. They even talk about how this engagement party is classier than their her Vegas wedding. <laughs> Michael's like, yeah, I had to break that one up between you and uh, what, Australia boy? Yeah. Oh, but that ended in me marrying Kimberly. So on second thought, it wasn't that great. Yeah. And then he like <laughs> downs a shrimp that he's been eating. We then cut to the table of D&D where Brooke and Billy and Amanda and Allison are helping themselves to some of the the food and beverage being served at this classy party. Um, Amanda cheers as everyone. Allison is not drinking. I really like that. They kept uh, they've kept her sobriety up, you know. Mm-hmm. She so she cheers as a water, but um, they cheers to getting Haley. Right. So Amanda takes the opportunity to really cheers to Allison. To say, you know, I just think due to your hard work and you kind of like spearheading this and we're getting this big account. Now, all the while, Brooke is just seething across the table like, how dare she? Would have been great for an eye twitch. Yeah. Allison (laughs) even says, well, you know what? I do have a lot of work to do. So if you'll please excuse me and send my best wishes to the bride and the groom. But I'm going to go home and just start working on this account. Yeah. Best thing you can say to your employer. Brooke is furious. She's mad at everyone. And Amanda just puts her in her place. Right. Um, we cut over to Joe, who is double fisting champagne. Just slugging it. Because this whole, she cannot bear the thought that Jane and Richard are going to get married, but Jane doesn't feel like she's in love with him. Oh my God. Get over it. Jake's like, hey, uh, why don't you cool it on that champagne there, bud? 
So Jane spots Joe from across the room, and this is one of her most trusted friends. She probably wants to revel in this awesome milestone occasion with her. Employee, too. Yeah, and she's like, hi, Joe. Isn't this such a beautiful hotel? The caterers have offered to do our wedding, and they're going to give us the honeymoon suite. Have you seen the people that are here? I can't believe the circles that Richard runs in. And then Joe just says to her, well, is that all he is to you? Connections? Mm. And it's like, why would you say that to somebody at their engagement party? And of course, Jane is thrown a little off kilter about this. And she's like, no, of course not. I'm just commenting that like, this is such a like great party. And look, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, of course, but I think that I'm making the right decision. And Joe keeps going in on her about how she's not doing the right thing. If she doesn't love Richard, she shouldn't be entering into marriage with her. And then Jane says, well, Joe, my worst fear is that my life will end up like yours, which that's cutting a little deep there. Is it though? I'm surprised she didn't cut more deep. Well, then she says, if you're not here to celebrate us, I think you should probably just leave. She should. She should. And someone should have brought up a little guy by the name of Reed Carter. (laughs) Remember that fucking uh, uh, prize to be had? No one, like, they let Joe date that fucking criminal piece of shit. And she was all on board with Reed. She got on the boat. She's like, you know what? I'm going to give this weirdo a shot. I'm going to open his briefcase. Well, Dan- I'm going to let his old balls sit on my fucking <laughs> counter. I'm going to rub my hands through his greasy ass hair. No one told her, hey, uh, Joe, do you love him? Well, if you want to take a walk down memory lane, I mean, look at the egregious thing she's done in her love life. She dated the brother of her ex. Yeah. Cardinal rule, never date family. Don't go through a set of brothers or a dad and a son. You don't do that. (laughs) But no one called her ass out on that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Joe, but I'm not going to harpoon uh, <laughs> the leg of this guy that I'm supposed to be spending yeah. my life with. I'm not going to harpoon Richard and then shoot him with a shotgun off the coast of fucking <laughs> San Juan. All right. Not doing it. Now, Joe does take this advice and she and Jake make a plan to leave, but she's pretty wasted. And Jake says, you know what, Joe, I'm going to pull the car up. Why don't you hang out right here? Stay here in the lobby. When the car's ready, I'm going to come back up and get you. So she's still like double fisting champagne. (laughs) She's sitting on a bench. And of course, Richard notices her and comes over to her. What's going on, Joe? How you doing? I mean, I saw you and Jane arguing. I mean, tell me, what what's the deal? What happened? And Joe is going to spill it to Richard. So she starts by saying, Richard, you're a great man. You deserve the best. But Jane doesn't love you. You deserve the best and you're not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, Richard's he- like, what do you mean? <laughs> And it, he's like, like, you're drunk. And she goes, yeah, but I'm not lying. Ooh. It's just like terrible. So then Jane shows up 
and tells Richard, like, come on, Richard, I have a surprise for you upstairs. And Richard's like, oh, okay. I'm <laughs> later. I'm up for surprises upstairs. So they're in the honeymoon suite, which I don't know. Maybe I'm a spoiled brat because I work in the hotel industry. But any, like, suite that they showcase on this show mm-hmm. is always a piece of crap. But it's not their wedding. It's their engagement party. Yeah, but he, they got the honeymoon suite because they are using the same caterer for their the wedding itself. Mm. So they got the comp honeymoon suite. They probably use the same hotel that they use for every... Or it's a set. ...thing. Anyway. See, I mean, I'm not arguing with you. It did, did look like shit. It didn't look like <laughs> a great suite. Richard's like, Jane, we need to talk. Uh... <laughs> And that's when Jane says, what's wrong? Richard, you're scaring me. She, yeah. And like Jane just wants to do it. Yeah. Uh, she's as like, always. She's, she's like, like, come on, take come off your jacket. Let's practice for the real honeymoon. And he's like, hold up, hold up. We need to talk. She's like, come on, Richard. I thought you were like a man. Let's do this. <laughs> and Don't Richard's tell me like, you're going to Chris Morshet me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we, you, <laughs> Chris Morshet me. <laughs> Jane, I can't have sex with you until I win a million dollars. But he's like, we need to talk. You don't love me, do you? <laughs> do I make you happy, Jane? <laughs> and she's like, Richard, uh, of course. I mean, you're, you are, you're, you, you're, what did Joe tell you? And then he says, yeah, you are going to marry me, even though you don't. Love me. You can't even say it, can you? And Joe's like, I don't know what... Not Joe. Jane. Jane is like, I don't know what love is anymore. We're good together. I feel like the love will come. He's like, well, uh, I'm not willing to take that risk. (laughs) That's not something that you want to hear the person you're going to marry say. But dude, it's like, yo, you rushed it. You're the one. Um, he rushed it like Mackenzie shit. Mackenzie Hart died two months ago. She's definitely not decomposed. Two months ago. Under a no-name grave. <laughs> I mean, why does it have to be like now? Because Jane wants what she wants. No, he wants what he uh, wants. Right, he wants what he wants. But, I mean, Jane, why can't she just be like, I love you? She said it before to him, I think. Yeah, she has. She's like, yeah, I love you. <laughs> so the moral of the story is just lie. Yeah, if she's already, <laughs> she's gotten this far, they're at the engagement party. She's like, I love you too. So we leave that scene feeling very unsettled and not really knowing where we stand with Jane and Richard. I think it's done. I mean, I think that it is too. But How can you come back from that? It's hard. But I'm ready for Jane versus Joe. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Joe will win that. So it's the next day and Amanda has taken Billy to the bank where they're in like the vault room and she's taking out a safety security deposit box thing. Yeah, she's in a half velour suit shirt with an exposed belly and they go, they open up this, this, this little bank box And it's just all these photos of 
Amanda with her ass kicked. Well, okay. So Billy's like, oh, Amanda, I feel like I'm invading your space. What is all of this stuff? <laughs> and then Amanda says, Billy, I trust you more than anyone I know. What? <laughs> Since when? Yeah, why? He's married to the girl who fucking... <laughs> who literally just blackmailed you. you. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> she put you into what this. What is wrong with you? It's his wife. You, if anyone on the show she should trust, it's Jake. Jake's never lied to her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So she says, I need to know that you have access to this stuff. If anything happens to me, you need to bring these pictures to the authorities. And she produces Polaroids of bruises all over her face and her body. And, and what would that do? Oh, no one can find Amanda. Uh, I have these five-year-old photos of her beating up. That she says <laughs> that, that Jack did to her. I mean, there's no... How could those do? photos even be, number one, linked to Jack and even, like, authenticated? Like, <laughs> oh, it's just her in makeup. Like, yeah. there's nothing. It wouldn't hold up at all. Will these photos of her with a black eye help you find her? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Could you please stay out of the way, Billy? <laughs> I think there's some orange juice over there. <laughs> what would us do? It's so stupid. But this establishes, like, this is why we're supposed to hate Jack. Right. Because he beat her prolifically. Which, if he did, that is fucked up. You should never put your hands on another woman. Now, we're back at the Mancini Burns Doctors at Law and <laughs> their <laughs> office. And. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Burns Mancini, Doctor at Law. And Sydney has gone through all of Kimberly's medical files and she is mm -hmm. very pleased with what she's found. She's gotten Michael in on this and she's like, have you seen this? These files. She's seen this guy who has a weird laugh and a creepy gypsy accent, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. And you know what? Romney show. <laughs> Romney show gypsy. <laughs> You know the mother gorgeous <laughs> Guys, um, all right. I hacked into my dad's uh cable account and now we have TLC Go and I've been binging my big fat American gypsy wedding and it is awesome. Dan can't get enough of it. I he love it. loves it. I want to be a Romney child. <laughs> Gypsy, hundred percent. He pretends like he's a Romnichel. It's awesome. You just show up to a little to a kid's party and then propose to some 13, 16 year old. Okay, you sixteen, want, eighteen. <laughs> Excuse me. Can we back up a little bit? You want to go to a child's party Guys, and propose to a preteen? I'm normal. Um, I think it's a little, it's a little bit more involved than that. Yeah. But it's cool. But anyway, um, I love that that was in the files and that somebody even notated that, that it was a gypsy Kimberly. Kimberly. <laughs> I'm inside you. And this gives Michael the idea of the century because <laughs> uh, Sydney pulls out the picture 
of Henry, the rendering. The drawing that the sketch artist did. They throw it on the medical light board, and Michael's like, God damn it, I've got it. (laughs) They probably got rid of this guy, Henry. So now we're going to find an actor, and we're going to put him back in her head. And Sydney's like, what do you mean? We live in Hollywood, the lookalike capital of the world. Pick a waiter, any waiter. We just got to find some person to play him, and then she's ours. Yo, if my waiter looked at all like Henry, (laughs) if he looked like Henry, I would ask for another section. I'm like, can we move, please? Hi, my name's Henry, and I'll be taking care of you tonight. Have you ever been to Pizza Hut? (laughs) Can I get you something to drink? (laughs) I don't want to hurt you. But I want to be inside you. I am you. (laughs) Like, sir, please stop snarling at me. Okay, we are back with Matt. He is moving back into his apartment, and Tom is assisting him. And this is when Tom breaks Great. the news that... They're going to start hooking up? <laughs> well, he's gay. Matt's gay. It only makes sense. Yep. If Matt meets any gay character on this show, he needs to hook up with him. Exactly. Um, but no, the the attorney on the other side... Hobbs' attorney wants to drop the lawsuit and the package they've they've proposed is fifty grand or or Matt's job back. Dr. Hobbs is gonna be let go from Wilshire Memorial, but he won't be barred from getting hired at any other hospitals. Take the fifty K. Like this is a no brainer. You yeah. take the fifty grand and then you work somewhere else and then you have fifty thousand dollars in your back pocket, dude. Yeah. And not to mention that everyone at Wilshire Memorial knows that you were involved in a murder. Like change the scenery, bro. Yeah. Well let's do something else. <laughs> Switch it up. But Matt is not satisfied with this. He says, Well, nothing we did changes Dr. Hobbs' attitude. Yeah, nothing was he going on. He still to. hates me because I'm gay. Sorry, buddy, but you got 50 grand and Hobbs doesn't have a job. Isn't that I'd what say you you're wanted? on top right now. Yeah. So we go to D&D. Billy and Allison are working closely together at the same table, and Billy has a phone call. He hands to Allison. It's Haley's driver, I could assume. Haley's people. Haley's people. Somebody from Haley's camp saying that, they need to leave. Yeah. So she's like, oh, my God, look at the time. I've got a meeting. I've got to get down the stairs with Haley, and, and I got to I gotta go. And Billy, um, he claims that Allison has joined sort of the, the anti-Brook club. It's, it's not very, a really exclusive club. Yeah, I was going to say, how is it? But it's not very hard not to join it. Yeah. Like, she sucks. I think you're all, like... You're a member only if you say you're not. Yeah. Um, but uh, Billy thinks that Daddy is using Allison. To get back at Brooke. To get back at Brooke. And, um, you know, Allison doesn't give a shit. She's like, you know what? 
Like, I don't have time for this. I have a big account I'm working on. They're waiting for me. Haley then comes into the office and he's like, Allison, we have to go. Does not acknowledge Billy at all. Mm -mm. Even though that is his son-in-law, he whisks Allison away. And that's when Brooke comes into the office as she sees them leave together. Of course, she is hella jealous. Yeah. And she's like, Billy, can you believe it? And then Billy totally flips what he was saying to Allison. And he's like, Give it a rest, Brooke. She's working. She, she, you know, this isn't someone trying to steal away your dad. And he, he's like, look, you've got to fucking get over it. you got to drop your dad. I've dropped Allison. I don't care if she's fucking your dad <laughs> or what. But you got to get him out of your... you got to get your dad out of your life because I got Allison out of mine. And then he goes to leave and Brooke says, no, Billy, don't leave me. I need you now. I want you here. He's and like, he's, no, you need your dad. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you are her husband. Like, maybe... He just doesn't want her doting on him like she does her dad. He doesn't want to be the replacement Yeah, dad. I can see that. It's like, that's the shit you used to pull with your dad. Don't do it with me. We have our own thing that is mm-hmm. different from, from your dad watching you lose your virginity on the porch. Oh, God. <laughs> And I get it. I, I totally get it, man. It's like, come on, man. You you don't want to be the 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 third wheel, the fifth wheel, in a thirteenth <laughs> wheel in a, in a relationship. So I mean, it's working. Whatever Allison is doing is working. It is driving a wedge between Billy and Brooke. So continue, and you're looking good while you're doing it. Yep. Allison's winning now. Back at Amanda's apartment, um, we have a visitor. It's Jack. And he says, you left me six messages. Where's the fire? Which I'm like, she did? That's a little yeah. stalkerish. Yeah. And she, she she's like, why did you pay for the for the renovations on the on the building? And he's like, consider it a a divorce present. Yeah, and I wanted to come in and See, see my gift. I think I'm entitled to see it in person, don't you? Jack's a great guy up to this point. He's like, why don't you thank me? And she's <laughs> like, get out, Jake. Get out of here. She's she's like like pinned up against the the counter of her apartment, and there's a cutting board and a knife behind her. And as Jack gets closer to her, she sort of puts her hands back and like. Clutches, the, clutches knife. the knife. Just in case Jack acts a little funny, she'll be able to like swing around and stab him in the neck. Now, Jake is hip to this little jive and Jack. he sees. What did I say? Jake. Oh, darn it. It's Jack. Why do they have to have names that are so close? Jake, Jack, Jane, Joe, Allison, Amanda. <laughs> uh, so he's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I don't even know if he says that. Yeah, and he says, he says, you might cut yourself. (laughs) And basically, this is ended with like all of these empty threats of, it isn't over, Amanda. What isn't over? What started? And like, what do you want? Do you just want to get back with her? Like, do you want to kill her? What do you want to do? And why are there like all of these weird like meetings where you're like, I'm here, but I'm just going to kind of linger and be weird. Like, what's your objective, Jack? 
What like, do you want? He's doing like great things for her and acting as if it's really bad. Like he's getting her out of insurance fraud and he's like, you better watch it. And then <laughs> I he, paid off your contractor. Then he pays off the contractors at the building and he's like, it's not fucking over, bitch. I'm like, <laughs> dude, if you're really trying to like hurt her, you're doing it wrong, man. I got some student loans that need to be taken yeah. care of. Oh my gosh, my car won't start. Here's a new car. <laughs> Better watch your fucking back. <laughs> and it's oh my ends god! With him leaving with that like threat of it's not over, and yeah. Amanda just kind of looking over her shoulder, terrified. Shit, my boots are wet. Here's some new boots. It's just very weird. So that's where we ended this week. Not much of a cliffhanger, but I am excited for things to come. Let's recap this up. D&D lands Haley Armstrong. That's daddy. Kimberly is out of the psych ward on probation. Joe breaks up Jane and Richard. Hobbs countersues Matt, but they nail him in the deposition. <laughs> Michael and Sydney plan to hire someone to be mirror buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Jack pays off Amanda's contractor, so she owes him. That's all I got. Jane and Richard host an engagement party. And Jack informs Amanda that... It's not over, whatever that means. <laughs> it ain't over. Let us know when it starts. 90s moments. Um, I've got that putrid wrapping paper that Peter used. <laughs> That's really bothering you. Fucking hated it. <laughs> uh, the tracking device that works with the phone lines. Right. <laughs> and um, I, I, to add to that, wearing it on your wrist... Was that a 90s thing? Maybe. When was the when did it switch to the ankle? Don't know. Who knows? Rollerblades. Yeah, rollerblades in the opening. Um Sydney's um candy dress in uh when they're all sit- when she's sitting on the desk at um at Doctors at Law. Mm. She's in this like striped like Oh, it's like a 1960s like yeah, mod dress. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very old school. I have um, the platform white Skechers with a dress. Nice. There's a there's a line that Amanda delivers to Jack and her lawyers, and she's like, "Can we handle this with faxes and overnight mail?" <laughs> I had that too. <laughs> uh, frosted lipstick. We're seeing that quite a bit. Mm. And I've got. Polaroids in general as Amanda's ass kicked face. Yeah, definitely. The last one I have is Sydney's Chonsom dress, which is that traditional Chinese dress. Uh, today you wear that to, if you're not Chinese and you're wearing it out to any event, that is cultural appropriation and mm. you're, you would be called out on that shit. Fuck that. All these episodes have, believe it or not, a lesson that we can all take away and apply to our lives. Jenny, what's your lesson for this episode? Never over promise and under deliver. If you're Brooke and you don't have the account, don't go into a meeting saying you got it. Yeah. Cause now you just look stupid. 
my lesson is if you're going to blackmail someone with private information at all costs, don't allow that information to become common knowledge because <laughs> then you have zero leverage on whatever you gain by blackmailing. Couldn't agree more. Now it's time for Bitch of the Week. I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss ass bitch. Last week, Jenny, you nominated Henry, a.k.a. Mirror Buddy, as the bitch. I did. And I nominated Marion Shaw, Kimberly's mom as the season four, episode five, Bitch of the Week. And with a vote of 10 to 5, Mirror Buddy, Henry is the Bitch of the Week. Woo, woo, woo! Now let's go through and see what you guys had to say about it. Tara says... Have to give it to Marion Shaw. What kind of a mother tells her daughter a traumatic event is a dream? Right? She is just as sick as Kimberly is. So glad I'm caught up on Melrose and can enjoy this amazing podcast and show with you guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Tara. Thanks, Tara. Amanda, who is also, I would like to credit as the creator of the term mirror buddy. Yes, thank you, Amanda. You've brought a lot of joy to us with that moniker. Yes. She says, Mama Shaw, for sure, convincing your young daughter that a traumatic life event was just a dream obviously did some very lasting damage to her. Also, there's a definite pattern emerging with the parents of the Melrose Place residents. They all seem to be kind of garbage human beings in one way or another. Allison's dad, Matt's dad, Jake's mom was kind of a mess, Mm -hmm. Amanda's dad, Brooke's dad is a bit too clingy, even Billy's dad, who had no faith in his son finding himself a viable career, granted the screenwriting thing didn't quite work out. And Jane and Sydney's parents, having Sydney committed to the psych ward, is there a stipulation in their lease agreement that tenants must have parental issues? <laughs> That's a great point. It is. And then I commented, I'm pretty sure Jake's dad is a robot. <laughs> and, that, and then I said, Jake and Joe are also bad parents to their kids. Yeah, that's very true. They both signed them away. <laughs> that's very true. Jamie says, I had to go with mirror buddy Henry. Mrs. Shaw wouldn't be the bitch she was in this episode if not for him. Also, he deserved to die and has no right to be haunting Kimberly. On another note, I was totally thinking the same thing as Jenny Hill regarding Amanda's, quote, new identity. You're trying to escape your husband. So as your new identity, you take your exact maiden (laughs) name that he would almost certainly know. Amanda is supposed to be much smarter than that. A smart person would change their first and last name. Obviously, it's one of those plot holes that inevitably incurs on a long-running show, but it definitely makes it harder to suspend disbelief. Nikki says, If you couldn't tell by my history of insightful and engaging comments, I'm a clinical social worker slash therapist. Mama Shaw made all the right money moves by denying all that happened with killing Henry didn't happen. 
I use that therapy technique all the time. <laughs> and it's just amazing the success my clients have. Oh, Mama Shaw, you dirty bee. If you can afford a gardener, you can afford a therapist. Thank you. That is a great point. Yeah. That is a great point. Like, tell her the truth and freaking pay for therapy. Tariq says, Mrs. Shaw gets the nod on this one. The ultimate act of paying it forward to her daughter for saving her life was to mentally slash emotionally fuck her over for the rest of her life. Hmm. Well... Can't argue with that. Nope. Mike says, gotta go with Marion. She must have read what not to do when your child has a traumatic experience, which of course includes chapter one. <laughs> Tell them it was a dream. <laughs> chapter two, avoid being around them at all costs. <laughs> and finally, chapter three, make them feel unwanted. <laughs> Henry's a criminal, yes, but his bitch move happened upwards of two decades prior. Statute of limitations, people. <laughs> Brilliant, Mike. Okay, Scott says, yet again, guys, I have to disagree. I have used Marion's method of making my husband believe I never drank all the gin and ate all the chocolate for a year. <laughs> that was a dream. <laughs> Sorry, honey. You dreamt we had gin and chocolate. It's foolproof. <laughs> I've got to hand it to you. That uh, It's a nice tactic. Bitch of the week has to be our old favorite, Billy Campbell. Not only does he watch his wife have lunch, and have her face rubbed by a very handsome man who probably hates orange juice. <gasps> he then doesn't come to her or Amanda's aid when that handsome bastard turns up at D&D. Now, excuse me, I have gin to drink. <laughs> Great point, Scott. <laughs> very funny. He's a write-in. Very funny. All right. So, Jenny, you won yet again. Thank you. Who yo bitch be? Okay, guys, it's obviously Joe Reynolds. Joe, what are you doing? Why do you care so much? I get it. You want to look out for your friend. You want to make sure that she's not embarking on some terrible mistake that she can never give back. But remember her whole, I'm in it for me. I'm going to go after what I want at all costs. Did you ever think that this is maybe part of that plan? Mm. Maybe this is part of her success plan. This is part of her getting what she wants. Maybe she needs to be married to a powerful man that can help deliver that future for her. And you know what? It's not your business if she's not in love with someone that she wants to marry. Love is a very subjective thing. Okay. People, you kind of ebb and it ebbs and flows. There's peaks and valleys and she may, she may grow to love this guy. Why do you care so much? I get it. You may feel that you have played some role in pushing her toward the life that she, you think that she shouldn't be living, but really all you said was what's going on with you and Richard. I think he's a good guy. Maybe you should try. That doesn't really like constitute you forcing her to marry someone that she doesn't love. This isn't an arranged marriage. And now since they've been engaged, she's told you twice that she's happy and this is what she wants to be doing. Right. And then you brought up another great point. 
okay, maybe Shelly isn't the most warm person. Maybe Joe feels threatened by Shelly because she is very attractive, but Shelly has given her the olive branch a couple of times. She wants to be her friend. She wants to, I don't know, like have some kind of connection with Joe and Joe shoots her down every time in a very rude way. Every time, like she's being a bitch right there. And then guys, by her telling Richard at his engagement party, (laughs) no less that guess what? Your fiance doesn't love you and I'm not lying. Okay. I might be drunk, but I'm telling the truth. That is so messed up. And you, you're totally betraying your best friend. Your girl code is like obliterated and you're ruining this poor guy's night. Maybe even his life. Keep your own. Just stay out of their (laughs) business, Joe. You're a bitch. It's going to be tough to beat Joe this week, but I'm going to try to do it strategically with Allison Parker. Ooh. She knows what she's doing. She she is being the definition of bitch. Mm. Like, if you have information that somebody wants, like, is she hooking up with my dad? And you play this sort of coy thing and, and just like aloof, like, oh, I don't know if I'm fucking your dad or not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, best we better just get back to work then. That's very bitchy. That is super bitchy. And so that in itself is fucking up Brooke's work life. Then by doing by fucking up Brooke's work life, she knows for a fact that she's also fucking up Brooke's marriage life, which is also equally if not more bitchy. To mess with somebody's husband who used to be your fiance, you know you're being a bitch. Then, not only is she messing up her work, her marriage, she's messing up her relationship with her father. Like, Allison is coming for Brooke's fucking life right now. The trifecta. And she's doing it all with a smile on her face. What's more bitchier than that? Than someone just looking back at you like, sorry, can't help you. Have a good night. Have a good night. I'm off to to dinner with your dad. Oops. I fell off the I fell off the boardwalk. <laughs> I fell off the dock. <laughs> I fell off that dock. Guess I'm gonna need to dry my clothes and look exactly how I look <laughs> before. Maybe we'll kiss. Maybe we will note. We won't. Um, so yeah, what's more bitchier than that? I don't know. The it's not it's the style. The style in which she is aggravating Brooke. Oh, I gotta go to work. This party's been great. You guys have fun. I gotta go work on Haley Armstrong. That's very, very bitch move like. So there you have it. Make sure you vote in our Facebook group. Allison versus Brooke. It's Allison. (laughs) Okay, so this episode was called The Jane Mutiny. But we're going to have to rename it. Dan, what are you going to call this one? I'm renaming this one 
I now pronounce you never mind. <laughs> Great job. Thank you. I love that. Uh, mind is a drunk mind speaks a sober heart. What? A drunk mind speaks a sober heart. Okay. You know, like when mm-hmm. they, when people say that like if like a drunk person tells the truth. Yeah. <laughs> My fraternity, my fraternity. Yeah, I know you have a saying. I forgot. It, we though. would say a, uh, a sober man's thoughts are a drunken man's words. There you go. Yeah. In this case, it's a lady named Joe, who's really the bitch. <laughs> um, nice. So, we, did, we did good this week. Yeah. So predictions. What do you Pre- think are going to happen? Joe versus Jane, steel cage match to the death. You come in, You come after Jane's man. You you gonna get fought up? I think Jane Jane is a good fighter, like verbal fight, and she has a lot of clever little like little things that she throws in there. I mean, like the whole thing about hiring the guys, yeah, the models, like that was a very clever. Yeah, they don't use it utilize it enough, but when Jane gets mad, it's good. Mm-hmm. When she's yelling. Remember she was throwing all the plates at Michael? Yeah. They were breaking before she got him out of her hand. Um, I think that Michael's plan works and it works well. Mm-hmm. And Kimberly goes bat shit nuts again. And she goes all kinds of crazy. And Peter's like, God damn it. <laughs> you ruined it. She was making me dinner. <laughs> She was cleaning. She wasn't answering the phone or opening the door. I had the shit on lock. And I was getting phone messages anytime she moved. Computer mail. Yeah. So I think that goes up in flames. I think the business, he foreshadowed the business taking a hit if she goes crazy again. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think she goes crazy on a smaller scale. She can't. Go crazy like she can't kill go big, somebody. Like, killing people. Yeah, she can go crazy like she tried to run me over, or like she hurt me, she punched me. It's it's not gonna be arrestable, you know. Okay. She's gonna go under the radar. She's not gonna go back into the loony bin. We can't go back there. Um, what does Jack want? I don't. I don't know. We're we're gonna need to figure that out soon. I think that Allison will hook up with Haley. Mm-hmm. That's got to happen. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope Brooke walks in on it. <laughs> oh, please give me that. Melrose gods, I will do whatever you want. I'm going to do a little rain dance in my room. I'm be like, please fucking never see it. Uh, and then... <laughs> This will break up Brooke and Billy. Yeah, totally. This is the this is going to do it. And I want it to be like when when Sydney walked in on Martin and and what's her face? Um the Tracy Lord. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Sid. And they're like, "Sid, why don't you join us?" Yeah, why don't you all have some tea? <laughs> Check out this weird M tattoo on my uh, on my ear. <laughs> we don't wear rings, Sydney. We have tattoos. Uh, Martinism. We all get M's to commemorate yeah. me. We all fucking then have tea brought to us by you, 
It's part of the rules. Um, <laughs> I think Matt will hook up with Tom. Dad, I got a second, like everything you said, <laughs> which a lot of them are continuations from last week. Uh, I'm really still thinking that Jack is going to kidnap Amanda, hold her against her will, and Brooke is going to be her savior because otherwise... What's keeping Brooke at D&D? I feel like this will then put Brooke back into Amanda's good graces because she'll have saved her life. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I just can't wait to see what Sydney and Michael are going to do. Oh, fine. Like, like. Are we going to get like Henry like in the windows being like, Kimberly? <laughs> they, yeah, I think this is going to be his time to shine, the guy playing. But can I ask, yeah. do you think they're going to get the same actor? Or do you think they're going to get a lookalike actor? I hope they get the same guy. I hope they get a lookalike. They're like, oh, man, you're perfect. No, you're just absolutely perfect. I want to see another actor try to emulate <laughs> <laughs> Mirror Buddy. <laughs> I want to see someone take it on and see their... Rendition? Their, yes. <laughs> Where there's just like seven of them. <laughs> multiples like every like okay well this yeah. guy's working the eight to five shift and then we have another just looking in her mirror in her window he's everywhere <laughs> i cannot <laughs> wait for it i can't wait for it so yeah that's i it's not what i think is gonna happen i'm just excited to see what's gonna happen it'll be fun man it's gonna be fun Y'all, I don't. Y'all said season three was the best, but I'm having fun with this. I mean, it's fun. We're six episodes in. We're on disc two. It's we're two in two episodes into disc two. Still having fun. Still doing it. Still doing it. We, we got any reviews? Yes, we got a couple new reviews, yes. guys. Thanks for doing that, man. Yeah, so the first one is Sinner for Hire, and um, it's Whoa. titled The Soundtrack of My Life. Um, they write, I literally listen to this podcast every single day, and you should too. I actually found this podcast when I was researching TV podcasts in preparation for starting my own, and I am so glad I did. Tell us what your podcast is. Yeah, we want to know what are you doing so we can shout you out and listen to you. Dan and Jenny are so incredibly funny and natural and real. They make even the painfully boring early episodes so engaging that I've been listening. I've re-listened to them several times. Oh, man. I binge listened to the first three seasons in a literal over a week. And I'm on my third complete re-listen now. That's, Damn. that's what all the our numbers are. We've uh, we've had some we've had some spikes. Yeah, I think it's all it's due all to Sinner for Hire. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, this podcast has spoiled me for all others. I'm not even kidding. As a podcaster myself, I know what does go into making a podcast as long and detailed as this, and it is way harder than it sounds. Congrats to Dan and Jenny for keeping the fun and entertainment going on a regular schedule. Kind of. They make it sound easy, but it's really not. So big ups to them. And I look forward to many more episodes. Thank you so much, Center for Hire. Great review. And really, it's all Dan. I just show up and <laughs> and watch nah. the shows. Dan does it all. So 
he he really does deserve a lot of that credit, and we really appreciate. Oh, um, you. start. <laughs> so go in our Facebook group, join it. Tell us your podcast. Is it the Sinner? With mm-hmm. Jessica Beale, because I love that show. Um, then we have Scarlet Ash 787. Uh, they write, excellent. Just listen to my first episode and I love it. I really appreciate the format. It's a really fun podcast. Yay. Thank you, Scarlet Ash 787. That's so kind of you. And really, if you haven't written a review and you like what we're doing, please go great. on Apple Podcasts and. Um, spread the word. That's really the best way to get us out there so other people can listen. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends. And if if you want to hear more me and a little less Jenny, <laughs> I have another podcast. I'm po- sure a lot of you do. You're like, just tell that girl to shut up. I got another podcast called the Dan and Cody Podcast. It's Cody with a K. That's also weekly. So if you run out of Melrose's and you want to hear about some daily life, Pop culture, current events, me and my boy Cody, we got you covered. And that's Dan and Cody podcast, Cody with a K. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Melrose Pod. And we have a link in our show notes to all of our social media and our secret, cool, awesome Facebook group where you can vote for Bitch of the Week in. Uh, our email is melrosepod at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us, Tell us your Melrose journey and where it's taken you. Let email that to us and we'll read that for sure. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Melrose Pod. If you want to give us a dollar for our services, we'll take it. Yeah. Well, guys, we love smut. And we love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>